You are listening to V for Vertigo, episode 98. Something kind of vertigo going on here. I've been seeing fables in my dreams. I've been laying scalped out here for hours in this swamp in New Orleans. I've been reading spells from books, magic, trying just to help lay trails to you. Feeling like a loser, so, so tragic. Feeling like I'm left to preach at all the time spent moving all so slow It's something kind of vertigo Welcome, it's the beginning of another edition of V for Vertigo Where I'm in the air everywhere Streaming on the vast world wide web And this podcast is one man's journey into the world of all things Vertigo Comics Because everything else is just picture books I'm your host, Mark Banana Way, Banana Way, Banana Johnson. And this week's spoiler film review will be Pride Enjoyed by Garth Ennis and John Higgins. And, you know, I've been singing that for uh, the past week or so since I've watched the movie Only the Strong with talking about Capoeira. Banana Way. And then my friends tonight were looking at me. Like I was crazy, more sore than normal, and then they were like, Mark, why are you singing banana, banana, what the hell? <laughs> but if you have Netflix, uh, go net Netflix, stream that bad boy, only the strong. If you've seen Dangerous Minds, or you've seen The Substitute, and they all came around at the, about the same time, you've seen only the strong. Except it stars the dude from Iron Chef, which I've... Maybe watch the show once. And it's about, he's doing capoeira. So, and then it starts that Jamaican, well, he doesn't star, but that Jamaican guy's in it who's like in every movie pre, uh, like pre 95. You see him in like every Steven Seagal movie. Even Jamaicans would be like, hey man, there's that guy, he's the bad guy. Him and the Japanese guy in Die Hard, uh, he plays like a bad guy in every movie. Hey, there's that guy, there's that guy. So yeah, only the strong. Go rent it. So before we talk about Pride and Joy, I want to talk about a little Dragon Age 2. I just got it. And I don't know. I don't know. It's I'm, I'm only like five or six hours in. But I'm not as enthralled with a DA2 as I was with Origins. You know, um, so let me talk about what's good and bad. So, we'll start off with the good. We'll be a little optimistic. The the great thing, they updated the graphics, which didn't really bother me too much. Because I'm used to RPGs having, eh, graphics. And that was great. That's fine. Whatever. Now, they really updated the combat. And the combat is the, the biggest. You gotta press A to attack now, but it's a lot smoother. In Origins, uh, especially since I was a mage, there was a lot of slowdown when too much shit happened. And it's not like that now. I mean, it, it's still hard, but there's still fast pace, and they still got the hotkeys. I, I mean, I wish there was more than the six, but you know, finishing moves. Uh, I'm playing a mage again, better spells. But so the combat, the combat's way better than before. I've never played. Uh, 
Mass Effect, so I don't I don't know how it is, but apparently it's like that. Now there, there's two weaknesses in DA2. Well, there's three. I'm getting them only five or six hours in, but I feel like those the world's confined to the one city. And asking my friend, he's like, "Yep, pretty much is." And I was like, "Oh, that's great, unless it's not." So that's a minor weakness. I mean, you can't be the hero of Ferelden, traveling around Ferelden. But it is kind of lame that you're stuck in Kirkland, Kirkwall, Kirk something, Kirk Cameron. Um, and this, the other... Now, here's the thing. This is very controversial. Not the fact that they didn't continue this, the, the main character, but that you're more confined and the character talks, as in Mass Effect. I think that... It feels like it shifts from first person to third person. Because in Origins, you'd have a dialogue tree. And you'd pick it. And then you'd be like, oh, okay. And then their their character would say something. But your character wouldn't. So you can kind of fill in the blanks. And I kind of filled in the blanks. As I, if I was playing the game, whatever. Even though I was a woman elf. I'm still a woman this time. But here your character talks. And you're like, oh, it's it's kind of like watching a movie instead of being in a movie, if that makes sense. So I'm a bit, I'm a bit sad over that. And it's it's kind of like they assume you're a guy. If you look at the box art, it's a man. There's there you can change your character, quote unquote. You can't change the name. And now that I'm a girl, people are calling me Hawk. That's the last name. And people generally don't call. Women by their last names, it only applies to dudes. But it's, you could tell, like, they didn't want to change the dialogue. Because that would be expensive to record more dialogue and all the uh, branches it can go off of. So, I mean, it it's so... That's, that's not that big a deal, but it kind of takes me out of the story. And this is what sucked. So, you start in Media Res again in a battle. Like, some dudes, some dwarfs telling a story, which is... Weird. I don't... Like, Origins did that too. But it was mostly text. It's like, the great hero of Pharrell. And it's, it's kind of like the never-ending story. Someone's reading a book. And this one they decided to show you for whatever reason. Maybe they'll explain it. But, yeah, you start in the middle of battle. And I picked a girl. I mean, you could pick a white-looking guy or a white-looking girl. In either mage, warrior, or rogue. But they all look the same. And then this is a suck. So you play a battle, and then you uh, you go, and you can eventually, when the game actually starts, you can eventually uh, change your appearance. And you can. There's a lot of customization. The only thing is race. Yeah, race. Like you can change the skin tone, which is horrible in video games. Making adding someone with color, it's like it looks like blackface. You make them tall, and the hair, and all that. Well, my problem was I already did a battle, and that was kind of my character, so I couldn't change it. I mean, I could change it in the middle of the game. There's a part, some place, so I could theoretically change it, but I'm not going to. So that's bad. But the worst thing about Dragon Age Two, the menu system, I think they kind of boned themselves and they made it worse. It was a lot easier to bring up quests and stuff. Here you gotta hit start, use the wheel, 
and then there's like a circle and they hold down on it and press a and this is the the tricky part they cut down on a lot of uh or they combined menus so you can you can still change your boots and your armor and stuff but it's only on like three screens and something instead of going on all four and you could tell when you're equipped and all that so they cut down on that. Oh, there's no X when you pick up stuff. It's like hit X for info. I actually like that. But now it's there's no info. And a lot of it's junk. I mean, a lot of it before was junk. But now if you go in your inventory, they don't show you a picture of like a jewel or something or some pants or a broken sword. It's just like the name and I think like a bag or something. I mean, you're going to sell it. Um, but the, the biggest thing is they do this... Uh, when you level up, the leveling up for stats, I think, is fine. But the leveling up for abilities is really weird and really more complicated than it needed to be. It's like they 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 condensed it, but they made it more complicated. Because before, it's weird. It's like, it's like they tried to simplify it, but couldn't. I don't know. I'm not even sure if I'm explaining it right. But before, you'd look at a menu, a big menu, take up most of your screen. And then you'd scroll down and you'd see all the things for, um, I don't know, uh, Spirit Warrior, Blood Mage, they, or Elemental. They'd show you all in all the boxes you can pick and whenever you highlight it over it, show you the requirements or the abilities. And it's just, I mean, it was, it was boring. It was in text. They cut that out and replaced it with dialogue trees. And these dialogue, these 3D dialogue trees, they go from, it's there there's a lot of them there's not i mean in the beginning obviously there's not many but there's a lot of them and then you scroll scroll so instead of everything on one page where you got to scroll up and down but you could see everything this one's you're like over 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 there is a lot less well, i think there's a lot less a, a dialogue branches there's a lot less abilities but the abilities sometimes require you to level them up twice, which I'm not sure how I feel. Because in Origin, say for example, the the snow spell that would freeze most guys, it would freeze most guys. Here, you have to open it up once, and then you have to unlock it again to freeze people. Because the first ability just slows them down, but the next one actually freezes. And then the Mind Blast is the same way. It just knocks people back. But in in the first game, it stunned them. Here, it knocks people back. And then you got to go another level, and then it stuns them. So, I don't... I really don't like that in the... I don't like the menu system is my biggest complaint. It's, it's weird. They took things away to simplify it, yet... They made it clumsier to access it and a lot more convoluted with the dialogue trees instead of or the, the menu trees, uh, ability trees, whatever. But I don't know. But that, uh, but it's a, it's a good game. I mean, I hope to get into it more. It's, just, it's really weird. I also don't like um, the fact that before... You would pick you would pick like one of four things, but you wouldn't really know what your impact was. You can kind of tell with the dialogue, but here they have like symbols and faces and stuff. 
So out of the three, the top one is like the nice thing. The middle one's a sarcastic thing. And the last one is the straightforward and direct thing. And it's like, eh, uh, I mean, was that really necessary? Like, I think it would have been better had you, you could turn that off or it's not activated and you kind of just, you know, guess and then pick one. Although I am picking the nice route, not because last time I did, uh, I picked the selfish route or what you're going to do attitude route. I picked it last time because I was uh, an elf and a mage. And being a mage in these games, like, I'm getting shit now. I'm like, oh, these motherfuckers. Like, I, I, I'm pretty cool until they're like, you're a mage. Like, and then I pick, yeah, what, what's your point? I'm a mage. You got, you got a problem with my mage? I'm about to stick my mage foot up your chantry ass. So, but overall, I enjoyed it. I'm curious to see how it'll end. And uh, oh, what really sucks is... I want to see how my um, choices from the first game affected it. But I haven't gotten there yet. I don't think it does, but it doesn't. And then what sucks is my friend, he picked a lot of things that were different for me. And he, he has PC, so but his game wouldn't load. His save game. So he picked like one of the four or five scenarios that it's closest to. But it sucks for that comp- compare and contrast but i mean it doesn't really matter anyway since i can't explore the world as much as i did in origins so all right enough dragon age 2 talk there is a bit of news this week vertigo news so i don't know if this is news or rumors so uh, nearly a month ago dj caruso he announced he's attached to the Preacher movie, right? It's been stalled and forever. I have no idea whether it'll actually come out. But apparently DJ Caruso did I Am Number 4, which no one saw. And in Paris, while he was promoting it, he told them... I don't I don't know if this is um, going to actually be true. But he would like Chris Pine, uh, Kurt from Star Trek, as Jesse Custer... Yeah, I don't know. Would that work? Eh. Mm. And his blonde hair is kind of throwing me off. I am number four's Alex Pettifer. Pettifer as the Saint of Killers. I have not seen the movie. And everyone's favorite Shia LaBeouf as Arf's face. That would actually be, uh... Hmm. I kind of like that, Arf's face. I think Shia LaBeouf as Arf's face would be good. Chris Pine as a brunette or, or black haired, dark hair is interesting. And I don't know who Petty Fur is, so there you go. But that'd be, uh, that'd be interesting. And that's all we got for the news. Although maybe there was something at uh, C2E2 that I'm not there as, as usual. All right, let's, uh, let's get to it. And now it's time for the rundown. Alright, so Pride and Joy by Garth Ennis and John Higgins. It's a very short miniseries, I believe. And it's very interesting. It's interesting from Garth Ennis's, uh normal work. I'm not sure exactly when he wrote this. But it's about a man named Jimmy Carnivan or something. 
He has this annoying teenage son who's embarrassed and his little cute daughter. And one day, the man who he sent away from prison, he sent to prison, is chasing him. So the rest of the book, he's he's trying to get away from Stein, who's the guy chasing him. He's a very dangerous, sick individual, trying to protect his kids. And a couple others, old people that he used to do crime with, are on the run from this crazy motherfucker named Stein, who's like the boogeyman. It all comes down to the woods. Those other two guys who are with him die. And then Jimmy gets shot. Who shot you? Jimmy gets shot. Uh, But he's able to somehow kill Stein and they both end up dead. No, I think the more important thing is its entire story. The son is a wimp. Like, Jimmy is... uh, was it? He's he's like Jesse Jesse Custer from Preacher. Speaking of Preacher, but the son is nowhere the farthest thing from Jesse. So there's a lot of father. It's a lot of father and son stuff. Hence the title, Bride and Joy. So if you want to read that, uh, you should. But a lot of father and stu- son stuff for the entire movie or book, and then they end up dead. I actually think this could be. A, this could be a movie. Would it be a good one? Uh, I don't know. Well, or at least. Well, I think if uh, an anthology like Tales from the Crypt were still on, it could be it. But it's pretty good as a... I think it could, oh. Actually, yeah, why, aren't, why aren't they adapting this? This is probably the easiest thing to adapt. It's a simple story. There's a handful of characters... It's short. I mean, it's short in comic form, so this would make a good two-hour movie. I could see it. It also sounds vaguely familiar, as if there was a movie like this. I don't know. So, like I said, Pride and Joy starts off very different, or differently from uh, most of Enos's works. It starts off with the father and son, and it's it's pretty slow in his first issue or two. It's primarily about those two. Um, what I've noticed being a huge fan of Garth Ennis is that a lot of Ennis's works have strong women characters and those characters are, the stories are as much about them as it is about the guy. Although there's not, I guess for goddess it would be entirely. And then pro, it's pretty much as you think Joss Whedon has strong women characters, but Garth Ennis actually does. Ooh, burn. Nah. But there's no there's no strong women characters here. I suppose you could say the mom, but she's kind of already dead, so you only see her in flashbacks. She dies of cancer. Um, and but it explains the title: Pride and Joy, Son and a uh, Father and Son. Now, I really like how Pride and Joy is about growing up and becoming a man. It, I think this. Well, the story would work today, right? Because. It it would kind of reflect how today's world is and how soft today's world is, sadly. Like, guys, like uh, the Miami Heat, they cry after a regular season game. It's really weird. Guys, I'm always, like, you, you probably couldn't say what Tom Hanks said. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying in baseball. Now, you couldn't say that shit today because they'd be like, 
Why are you so insensitive? You could cry. You could cry. You was tagging. You, know, you can't even play tag today. You just why, 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 you're such a bully. You're such a bully. And then you sit down, son. Oh, they they bring you to the office, son. Would you like to talk about your feelings and why you felt the need to disrespect that person that was crying? And I would just stare at him blankly, like, what the fuck? Oh, we couldn't do that shit today. Because now we have metrosexuals and games where no one can be last. And my favorite, straight guys with earrings. That was, like, terrible. That's in, like, a band or something. It's like the macho man stuff ended in the 80s. Not that I'm a macho, macho man. I want to be a macho man. Not that I am. I'm not alpha, really. I just, well, I don't like to be fucked with. But I just do my own thing. I don't take no shit, no off, no fools. And I just, eh, can't be bothered with these weak, whiny people. Like former friends of mine. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> so I don't really like Patrick, because he's one of these wimpy people that I've known and have tried to t- toughen up who and who I thought did but did not. And like, oh my god, are you crying? Are you crying from what I said? Um, But I, that's the point. This book is you're not supposed to like... Oh, elbow. Patrick, the son. He's wimpy. I mean, you like him at the end, but he's not his father. Which, but then at the end, he be, kind of becomes it, or he at least becomes proud of his father. He be, learns to become a man. Even though, as you see, when I first read this, I thought that he might possibly kill Stein and become a, uh, the man, a man. But he doesn't. Uh, but he does learn to appreciate his dad. Uh, too bad he's dead. So, better late than ever. But I don't think he cries. As his dad and his his grandpa said, don't give the bastards the satisfaction. So, like I made, like I said before, I made some comparisons with Preacher. And Pride and Joy reminded me very much of Preacher. If you mush Pride and Joy, True Faith, and Goddess... Put it in a blender, turn that zombie sideways, and you would get preacher. Like Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy boy, Jimmy's like Jesse. He's a man's man who loved his father. Uh, he didn't get as much shit as Jesse, and Jesse wasn't exactly a bad guy. Uh, but, you know, he's a man's man. Uh, but, you know, he still got into some. And then even Stein, the bad guy, who's not really in it. He's more the boogeyman. He reminds me of Eisenstein, the crazy, was he German? Uh, I don't know if he was German, but he had some, like, weird disease. And the dog was eating some dude's leg or something. No, he was just a sadistic fuck. Was he Russian? I don't know. His bodyguard was Russian. I don't know. I mean, it took Jesse and Preacher five minutes to become a man. Because he did it when he was a kid and his dad got shot in front of him. And then Patrick took the entire trade slash 18 years to become one. However, there is a common theme. They both became one after their daddies died. Now, like I said again, uh, Pride and Joy starts off a little slow. 
But at the end of the first issue, man, it gets sick when uh, Brian, who's the neighbor, he gets killed. He gets he's hung out like a sack of meat, just stuck to the door and hanging on in the girl's room. Uh, and that was weird. I didn't even know how that could be possible because the girl was sleeping there. So, but Stein, Stein was interesting. He was interesting for the five seconds he was in. Because he, he was like, he was like, Batman. I'm Batman. He had a pop in. He's like, there's Stein. And he killed people. And he disappeared again. So he was kind of like Batman except for the killing part. Um, lastly, when it came to the art, I don't think the art was that good. It, it kind of bothered me. It wasn't bad. It was just the stylistic and style choices I didn't like because it was a bit hard to tell who was who, especially with Stein and Jimmy. Unless that was a point to make them similar because it was like good and evil, Batman and Joker, Superman and Clark Kent, oh, uh, Superman and Lex Luthor, Spider-Man and Green Goblin. Although those are more, eh, those are two sides of the same coin. I guess it's the same thing he said about Stein and Jesse. No, not Jesse. Uh, Jimmy. Jimmy! But it might, I think it was just the coloring. And it seemed blurry or very thick. Not, uh, let me, let me check. Definite, uh, enough. Or maybe it was the shadowing. No, I think, I think it was the coloring. Well, the lines also did it in i don't know the art was okay but i didn't i didn't like it it wasn't as muddled as uh, scalped or anything so overall i'm uh giving bright and joy a four out of five and you guys should pick it up if you're a guy you should pick it up it's a very guy's comic it's i don't it's not as touching as say fill the dreams or another guy movie i just thought that uh, forgot about, but it's very. This is it's like that. I mean, it's not obviously. It doesn't. It's a comic. Well, some people cry at comics. Um, I don't because I'm dead inside. But you know, it's it's a good father and son story. So I'd pick it up. It's cheap because it should be thin. What is the cover price? Oh, fifteen bucks. That's a lot. Um, it's it's pretty thin, but it's thin but meaty. Kind of like Dragon Age two. Simple but complex. In a little bit. I don't know. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Appreciate it if you left me some feedback on iTunes. Next week's pick will be Hellblazer, Dangerous Habits, some more Garthanus Love. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, email me at vertigocast at gmail.com. Or you can go to the comicsforums.com. And don't forget to buy my comics and movies. To see what's coming up, visit the website at vfervertigo.blogspot.com. I'm also part of the Comics Podcast Network when it's working. You can check that out at comicspodcast.com. Will I ever start talking shit? Probably not. Uh, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash hellfire. And remember, never take what I say seriously. It'll drive you crazy. And you'll hate me. And yourself. And like that, 